With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are you ready for the most informative, well-thought-out hockey podcast on the internet? You are? Sorry. It's just Crown Conversations with your hosts, Robin P. and James Nicholson. Hello and welcome back to Crown Conversations. I am your host, James Nicholson. I'm joined by my co-host, Robin P. And from the grave through the laboratory, eating the brains, it's the not dead Ryan Dunn. Am I allowed to say that, that Ryan? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't even know what my Twitter handle's at anymore. And Battle of California is dead. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to talk with you guys. We are speaking on Monday night, just after the Kings two to three loss in the shootout to the New York Rangers. And, um, there are lots of opinions and Ryan, I am very excited to just keep talking with you because I mean, we're two men. We don't need to listen to what a woman like Robin has to say, right? This is a joke. This is a bad joke. Uh, as a straight I'm sorry. white man, I am, you know, I feel like I am entitled to have my opinion be, you know, the loudest as, as far as it can possibly be shared. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I don't know. Anyone that has ever paid any attention to me knows I'm strongly opinionated about the kinks. So if, yeah, if, if you want to start with me, yeah, that's cool. I, I think probably keeping it focused with Robin. It's not a bad idea, but yeah, I don't know. Kings have been all over the place. Just like the start of this podcast has been. <laughs> exactly. I, we we got we to gotta stick with the theme. Inconsistent. Unlike the Kings. Exactly. Oh, oh my gosh. All right. Well, here, I, I can actually get us going with a topic. Um, Brendan Lemieux. Sucks. Giving a five... <laughs> Given a five-minute major game misconduct uh, for his hit on Ryan Lindgren. I, man, I was listening to the radio broadcast. Daryl Evans was pretty adamant it should have been a two-minute minor for boarding. Mm. Um, I watched it. I truly, I, I, I thought the the bare minimum that was a five-minute major. And yeah, probably not supplemental discipline except for the fact that he is a um, previous offender. What do you guys feel about the hit, the play, how the Kings responded? I, I saw it in real time on television, and initially I'm like, all right, that's a penalty. And then, I don't know, the more I saw it, I actually thought it looked worse than how I initially thought. Um, I, I thought a five was a given at that point. It looked like he got him late. It looked like he got him right in the numbers. Yeah, he turns his back. 
maybe like a step before Lemieux gets there. But those are the sort of plays that the NHL has really tried to put their foot down on. I mean, and that's strange considering, I mean, everyone's got, you know, pretty negative opinions about the department of player safety, but those sort of plays in the corners and on the end boards where a player is starting to turn their back, they, they really want guys to pull up and Lemieux just went through them entirely. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a call. I do think it's mostly because he's a repeat offender. Um, I don't know if he would get suspended. I, I could potentially see two games, but I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a bad decision by Lemieux to go ahead with the hit. And I know that's the style of game and he tries to keep his team fired up, but that was really just, I don't know. It, it, it seemed like a bad play in real time. It seemed like a worse play in slow motion. And yeah. Um, okay. I I did not see it in real time. I saw all the replays. And of course, you know, on replay, everything looks so much worse. But it's it's just... Uh, I, um, I'm going to have to agree with Jesse here. Jesse from All the King's Men. Where I think he said something along the lines of... If you're lining up a guy in the corner in 2022, I think you have to factor in the potential quote-unquote turn away when deciding how hard to finish your check shrug emoji so like yeah i i think jesse has a pretty solid point here you can't be surprised anymore that this is how the guys are playing in the nhl and and brendan lemieux always is like what this was illegal why i'm shocked for me the thing is it almost felt um and like an especially targeted hit Lemieux from the replay I saw he starts skating towards you know the point of contact from you know he's about even with the face-off dots at the far post um I mean he's trucking the whole way he gets he gets in a good two or three strides you know Lindgren I I see him he backhands the puck and it you almost feel like maybe he's turning his back to you know really kind of get some air under the puck a little bit as he's trying to send it out yeah i don't know if that was the case or not um you know it could have also been that he turns because the puck hits a rut in the ice who knows there, there's a million different things and like you know robin said with Je- jesse's point you have to anticipate a change of direction that close to the boards um, yeah guys have been turning I mean, their backs right around the boards for for years now well yeah and it's also it's a fast game like that's part yeah. of the nhl is there's it's fast and there's a lot of change of direction and that's part of what makes it so fun uh, uh i mean i i i don't know if they're going to take into account him as a repeat defender i would assume it, it's a fine um considering that immediately you know the guy got right up and went after yeah um lemieux there was no injury from what i could tell uh i'm not saying it probably didn't hurt like hell but yeah um but with all of that in mind, um, you would have thought some guys in tonight's game would have gotten some more ice time as a result. Oh, yeah. And, and um, I think this is where I am especially excited to hear from you, 
Ryan. Um, what are what is your take on how Todd McClellan managed the workload for players throughout the game? I mean, you get Kopitar to know, you know, they're getting over 20 minutes a game. That's a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, the depth has always kind of been the issue with the Kings. And uh, let's just get to the, you know, the, the very obvious point. It's, it's Quentin Byfield. It's Quentin Byfield time. Um, I know he's only played three games. His first game against Colorado, a game I thought actually the Kings probably deserved to win, but they just, you know, played like the Kings. Yeah. And, they got score. goalied. That, that's yeah. what it is. They lost against Nashville, they lost against Colorado. They got goalied, and that happens. Yeah, I mean, they weren't throwing a bunch of grade-A chances on net, I, I think, in the Colorado game. Kemper played a little bit better than I think Colorado fans were expecting because they've been pretty hard on him this year. Um, rightfully so, but Byfield had 15 minutes in that game, and I, I know everyone was excited about you know Byfield finally being back in the lineup. It's a home game, you know. Emotions are high on that front, and I mean, he went out there, and I mean, yeah, he didn't score anything, but he was he was kind of blowing the doors off the plate. Like every every time he touched the puck, it, it felt electric. And that was just from like watching on TV. It's just he was doing the things that the Kings desperately need right now, especially on their third line where they never had it. Um, but in terms of driving play, getting to the front of the net, and really, really just making stuff happen. Um, then his ice time went down to nine and a half minutes against New Jersey, and then tonight it was eight and a half minutes. Um, I know he took a puck off the back of the leg in the game against New Jersey. I don't know if that's factoring into it. If it is, get him out of the lineup. Um, let him heal up. I, I don't really understand in a game where you lose, admittedly, you know, a guy that's further down your depth chart with Lemieux, but you're down 11 to 11 forwards now, and Byfield seeing eight and a half minutes a game. That's a little curious after, I mean, the guy really, I mean, um, I know Russell um, with Hockey Royalty uh, had mentioned that Byfield's underlying stats were actually backing up everything else, you know, in terms of the eye test in the Colorado game. And then just his minutes get cut by five and a half and then down another minute. It's a little, little curious. He was also making things happen on the, the power play in the uh, his first game, and then since then he's been taken off the power play unit. Kind of curious. Um, I don't know if he said something to Todd McClellan, just like, hey, you suck, or something. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's a good thing for a rookie to say to yeah, the it's coach. Like, hey, coach, you suck. But... <laughs> <laughs> just looks right at Way to win over the room. You. I think, honestly, I mean, hey, there's a good chance some of the players have been like, yeah, rookie's right. But um, it's just, it's it's a little bizarre of just like, okay, you have a guy that's got a a rather obscene set of hands for a guy his size, skates the way he does. And again, he's he's a huge dude. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, he, he seems like a game changer for the Kings. And Todd McClellan's instinct now is to, well, let's let's dial that back. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like Nick and Daryl were talking on the on the radio broadcast. They're just like, yeah, like 
they were being pretty hard on Byfield. They're just like, oh, yeah, he looked great against Colorado, and we just haven't seen it from him since. And, like, maybe the game against Colorado. I do. I know maybe Todd is just like, I'm not seeing that early jump from him. So he's riding the oh. pine or maybe it, maybe it is. He, I mean, cause he took a slap shot to, you know, the calf. That's the uh, only thing I can um, think of that would make sense. Yeah. And even then, why aren't you just putting Kupari or Turk caught yeah. in at third line center? Um, Don't and letting, him and let him get hurt or something or play hurt. Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. And I think for me, the thing that is sort of, the most concerning is you have a game where you're down a Ford early and, you know, obviously wingers versus centermen that, you know, there's a big discrepancy. Yeah. If you're playing the guy only eight minutes, why not give him some time on the wing? Yeah. Like take some, take some pressure off of him. Um, but like you were pointing out on Twitter, it, it was Trevor Moore time, baby. And I mean, I, I do need to just kind of, Say, I, I do like Trevor Moore, just not as a top six forward. Um, he, again, he reminds me a lot of Brad Richardson of being kind of like the Swiss Army knife energy guy. The thing was with, you know, Brad Richardson, he still found himself, you know, a ways down the depth chart, even doing everything right. And it's just, you know, that's just kind of the nature of the game where you have your skilled guys are going to be getting, you know, those elevated roles on offense. Trevor Moore does a lot of things well. He skates hard out there every, every shift. I, I don't think there's a guy out there that's busting his ass more than Trevor Moore. But you're giving him power play time. It doesn't really compute. He's kind of more of your past puck retrieval type. I haven't particularly seen him as being, you know, Mr. Savvy stick handler, score, uh, goal scoring type of player, but... I guess if you need Trevor Moore getting 22 minutes in a game, you get Tr- Trevor Moore 22 minutes in a game. So, yeah. I'm 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 going to throw out well, one, one a thing that was said during the the radio broadcast which was before the Iowa follow power play goal. Uh, uh Nick Nixon being like, "You know, Lazat's been noticeable tonight. Why not just throw him on the power play cuz the power play needs just something different." Yeah. Um which I thought was pretty funny and uh, um the other thing is when you were looking at a guy like Trevor Moore, who, as you're talking about, he's doing everything right, just not maybe great with the hands. Does it feel a little bit like Alex Iafalo a couple of years ago on the top line with Dustin Brown and Kopitar? Mm-hmm. I'd say to, I would say a bit, yeah. I, I think at this point we know what type of player Trevor Moore is going to be, though. He's been here a couple of years now. Same with Iafalo, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like Iafalo is kind of thrown his game a bit and that's not to say Trevor Moore can't but when you're looking for a you know goal scoring desperately looking for anything to get going on your power play and they've gone out there multiple times this season now like let's let's go with Trevor Moore and it's just kind of like listen I, I like the guy but um you know I mean just because you like him doesn't mean he's going to turn into Alexander, you know, Ovechkin or something at the point. Um, you know, I mean, I, I will say this, the ice tilts towards the opponent's net when Trevor Moore is on the ice. It doesn't yeah. really matter no, what line he's trail. on. You know, and, and I mean, you know, 
we've talked about this off air. I would love to see Alex Turcotte on that second line left wing role. Like, I, I think he's got a really good straight ahead game with creativity. He can, I think, I think he'd be awesome um, on that line. But, you know, I, I think it is, you know, talking with the Ayafalo comparison, I feel like Alex Ayafalo every year adds a new thing to his yeah. game. He, he picks up another tool in the offseason and, you know, gets better at it. And I think Trevor Moore is doing that a little bit too. I think when he came to the Kings after the, the Clifford and Jack Campbell trade, we saw a guy who was just, he was Mr. Tryhard. And then last year he was like, oh, I guess this is the guy who replaces Trevor Lewis. And now we're seeing a guy who is a bit of a play driver. And man, when that line finally starts having the puck go into the net, it's going to happen a whole lot because, man, the Kings are uh, statistically the unluckiest team in the league. I, I don't even know if it's unlucky at this point where, and I know we have talked about it on, on this podcast before, not this exact conversation, obviously, but in terms of the Kings are generating chances, but are they really that threatening? Where they're they're out shooting teams sometimes in cases of like two to one, but it, that was kind of like with tonight's game where they they were having to run a play, but it seemed like Quick was having to stand on his head, way way more than what was going on at the other end. And I, I'm in full agreement with you. I think they gotta shake something up on the second line. Maybe it is Turcotte, um, because at this point in time they they need bodies in front it's been what's been working for adrian kempe this whole season is just get your ass in front of the net drive towards the front pucks are gonna you know be popping out every which way just use your size use your speed it's it's the best way for you to to get you know get goal scoring that's why some people are acting like lemieux is the second coming of thomas holmstrom yeah (laughs) oh my god it's 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 just kind of maddening of like it's a very simple thing of just get to the front but other teams have done it to the kings left and right this season and the kings have only done it intermittently themselves the if i may interject here even though i'm really enjoying your rant ryan um the one thing always ranting (laughs) i i've said this to james multiple times what infuriates me about the kings is that when they are on their game They can hang with literally any team in the league. The problem is they're so inconsistent. So one thing that I really noticed about the Pittsburgh game is that it was wave after wave after wave. Four lines, just consistent pressure. And then they just could not muster that. Seattle really deflated their sails and then... Timo Meyer is having a Chris Kreider, having a Nazem Kadri, to borrow James's phrase, which I'm in love with, uh, stick touched by God season. And then he just completely crushed the Kings and crushed their spirit. But I didn't see any fight in that game. And I'm not talking about literal fist fight. I'm talking about the early goal deflating them. They get behind and then they just go, oh, I suck. I mean, to be fair, that was a one o'clock game on a Monday. 
for the San Jose game. I just, I mean, to, like tonight, uh, I'm against the Rangers. I felt like they were doing better about not letting the early power play goal take the wind out of their sails. Well, I shouldn't say it's a yeah, and, and same goal. last night against New Jersey when they gave up the early goal. Yeah, like there, there's pushback. I think they have a sense of identity now, which is something that I think the three of us talked about a few oh, months yeah. ago. <laughs> I disagree. <Whoa>. OK, <laughs> Ooh. this makes for good radio. <laughs> I'm going to sit back and let's let's hear what Robin's. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay. Yeah. I think they want to have an identity. They all want to be the team of we're hard to play against when the alert team. It's the exact same crap that Bonus is saying that Todd McClellan said. You say we want to be hard to play against. You say we want to, you know, be that grinder team that in all situations the opponent leaves the ring shaking their heads going, God, that was a really hard game, no matter what the outcome was. You know, we got a mad respect for the other team because they're a difficult opponent. I don't think they, I still don't think they have an identity. I still think that there's a little bit too much. It was reliance, over-reliance on Kopitar. Then, you know, Dano comes in. Dano is our new Kopitar. So now we're really relying on four guys because the same thing that's happening with Dano is what has happened year after year after year with Kopitar in that you put a warm body up there, all of a sudden that warm body looks like the second coming of insert your favorite winger here. I mean, you put Adrian Kempe up there with Arvidsson and Dano. He started scoring in buckets. Yeah. And then you put Trevor Moore up there and all of a sudden people are going, wow, I really like this Trevor Moore guy. He's really good. And so I still don't think that they really have a true identity. I still feel like it's a little muddled because it's so inconsistent game to game. Yeah, that's that's definitely a fair point. And I, I know I've said it before as well. Just, I mean, they're kind of soft. That's unfortunately been kind of their MO. I feel like that's the closest thing they've had to a steady identity is they've been a little soft. But there's been improvement. I think both of you make good points in regards to their identity. It's a work in progress, but at least they have something they're working towards, I think. Well, I mean, (laughs) I would describe their identity as chaos creators. I think when you are looking... When they're at their best, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I you know I, when you are watching a guy like Mikey Anderson come out of nowhere to jump up in the offensive zone, that takes everyone by surprise. We saw you know a great hit by Dowdy on Nico Hirscher um, the other night. We 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 see them just kind of running around, and they they just kind of they do this this thing where they they're all kind of moving in little circles, if that makes sense. In yeah. the zone, if I, if I had a whiteboard, I could draw it out for you <laughs> a little, little bit easier. But like, they create a lot of turnovers at the defense or at the offensive blue line. They're really hard to play in the neutral zone. You know, you get pucks deep on them. That's where you know the other teams are going to have their luck. Um, you know, we've seen Jersey struggle with retrievals when his back is you know to the ice. Olimata is a dumpster fire. Uh, um, <laughs> You know, I mean, to be fair, the best thing that Olimata has gained or added to his game this year is just give the puck to Matt Roy. Um, yeah. Even then, you know, you, you know, I think they're really missing the speed of Sean Walker on the back end right now. Not to say that yeah. Jersey isn't crazy fast, but, you know, Jersey is very fun and exciting and eclectic. And it, there is chaos when Jersey is back there. Like yeah. in good and bad ways. Um, the reliance on the fourth line by Todd with Lemieux, Lizard, and Kaliev, that, that line is chaos in the offensive zone. And like, not in a good way, unless it's, you know, Kaliev skating and then sniping it from the circle. It, every goal they get is, is just, just like a, wow. Okay. Sure. That seems kind of lucky. It is definitely chaotic. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think that is a thing that can be hard to play against because there is a lot of speed and while they might not be physically imposing their will um they are still creating some physical some physical play they're getting the puck into into the corners i mean i i've been noticing in the last month a lot more board battles and them winning a lot more board battles especially in the defensive zone yeah i mean it can only improve from how it started this year um Hey, yo. I mean, I'm with you on the fourth line, definitely, though, for the chaotic goals they get. I think the issue with the fourth line is just, I mean, anytime they are caught in their own zone at all, whether it, the puck's in deep or if they're just mm-hmm. in their zone, period, it's it, it's pretty ugly. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a good point that has been made with uh, Todd's sort of over-reliance on the fourth line to kind of jumpstart things because there's been a, a few points where it's just like whoa okay like this has been about 90 seconds now just completely hemmed in your own zone and um i mean obviously that's going to be tough you know facing a team like colorado or tampa but it was oh god i i can't remember against which opponent this occurred but just the lemieux drop pass where he didn't look it was off the boards i want to say it was against tampa might have been in Colorado. I, I, it was it, one of one of those two, and it, it was unfortunately kind of just like ah, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Um, they're 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 gonna make mistakes on their own end, but if if you can get the forecheck going with them, they're the, really the only line that's been like a sustained forecheck that's winning the puck back. And it'd be nice to get that going with the other three lines a bit, but. 
At the no, same time, I mean, like, there is definitely chaos with the Dino line. I mean, because yeah. they make crazy passes that are so fun, that are thrilling. Um, Aya follow is really good at creating chaos and, and creating a turnover where the defenseman does not expect it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think when I used to coach baseball, I used to say things like, take what they give you. Like, if they're going to shift you, just bunt to the other side of the field and get an easy base hit. You know, and I, I think we are seeing some guys who take what the other team gives them. Yeah. And um, I like that approach for the Kings because, I mean, right now they're in a playoff spot. It's going to be tight if they make it because obviously Calgary, when they make up games, are going to be back at the top uh, of the Pacific. Who knows what's going on with Edmonton? Who knows what's going on with Vancouver? Because they're great oh, yeah. all of a sudden. Um, because Bruce Boudreaux and his offensive magic. Um, you know, Anaheim and, and, and San Jose are, are right there too. And it's going to be tight down the stretch. I think if you were to ask any of us, hey, at the halfway point of the season, the Kings are third in the Pacific. Are you happy? I think we would all say, oh, my gosh, yeah, absolutely. I probably would have asked, man, how bad is the rest of the Pacific? But, uh, <laughs> I, I'm a bit of a cynic with with the, the division as a whole. But <laughs> the Kings, oh, you know, the, the Kings are going to feel better once they have a veteran defenseman. Oh, yeah. Um, at the trade deadline. Yeah, everyone is is geared up for Sherratt or for Chikrin. I, I wouldn't be opposed to having either of those guys you know but there is sort of that idea of like ah, maybe we need a guy to replace alex edler which is a weird thing to say um i i think they could use two defensemen i i think if they don't decide to go all in on chitron and go after maybe two left-handed guys it's maybe a better move in the long run i don't know i i like that now I'm going to also throw out an idea here because we know how much Todd appears to favor veterans who have yeah. not lived up to their potential versus rookies with lots of potential. Um, <laughs> do we feel like the Kings go after a guy like Claude Giroux at the deadline? No, hmm. I don't think he fits their their mold i don't think he fits kind of what they need um well because what they desperately need is as a defenseman uh to give them that final push to get to the playoffs so i i feel like that rob like maybe they go for uh ivan provorov in the package that's I possible. feel like <laughs> Rob Blake is just going to keep looking for his mythical 26-year-old left-hand, or sorry, 26 or younger left-handed defenseman with NHL time, who was not named Kel Clegg because fuck his, you know, development. Well, I mean, Provrov's 25. Um, yeah, he's got a, you know, six and three-quarter a year cap hit. But kind of rough. Um, he sure is a lot better than Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah. Who's that guy in Buffalo that you um, desperately wanted? James? Uh, it was... Um, oh, yeah, he went to Florida. Oh. Um, Is it? Why, why am I saying... Somebody. 
oh my gosh, why I, I'm stuck on Sam Bennett because now Sam Bennett is in Florida and it's not Sam Bennett. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Casey somebody or wasn't it Sam, Sam Reinhardt? I thought it was yeah. Reinhardt. No, you didn't want Sam Reinhardt, did you? I thought he wanted Reinhardt. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was somebody yeah, I did. wanted. Not Sam Reinhardt. Uh, oh, Darlene? Uh, yeah, Darlene. See, I knew it was a wrap. Yeah, Darlene's having a good year. I mean, yeah, I, I like Darlene. I don't know. I, I think um, Buffalo has decided they're building around Darlene. Oh. And, you know, that, that, that's fine. Philadelphia is in sucked. the crapper. They are, <laughs> they are, are spiraling uh, hard. And they need to do something different. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, it feels like a f- total rebuild. Um, supposedly, sometime this week, Philadelphia is holding a press conference to address the state of the franchise. And I, I would assume and hope that it's going to be we're doing a total rebuild. And we can give up some assets for a guy like Provorov and maybe even get someone like I don't know. Oscar Lindblom. I don't know. He's a winger. He's fine. He he plays fine enough. But, I, I yeah, think they've got enough wingers potentially in their own system that like I would I would hope they would try looking in house there a bit more. Whereas on defense, I mean, there's there's not really any help coming on that front. Um, at least on the left side. Right side's a couple years out still, but. I, I don't know. I, I'm desperate to get that back line fixed. Just, I mean, you can't have Mata out there anymore. It's, I mean, the less time we talk about Mata, the better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would love to see Austin Strand get in, into a game on this road trip. He's with the team right now. I didn't, yeah. I had no complaints about Jacob Moverari's game that he played in. He's I thought he slow, looked really but I good. I know he's slow. Yeah. And Alex Edler was slow. So, yeah. I mean, well, granted, one thirty-seven yeah. versus the other one being twenty-three, but you know, yeah, yeah. Okay, but no, Olimata is slow, and Olimata is like Olimata doesn't do anything. He's not that slow. He's pretty fit. He's pretty quick. Quick to turn the puck over. Hey, oh. <laughs> okay, I. Oh, Robin crazy. with the slam. I have a crazy idea. Let's stop talking about Olimata. That's not the crazy idea. But what do you guys think about, because Kaliev has gone into full ghost mode. So what do you think if they throw him up there on a line with Deneau and Arvidsson? I know Kaliev technically plays right wing, but when you're playing with Deneau and Arvidsson. Oh, Arvidsson plays both wings. You would flip Arvidsson to oh, the left. Oh, okay. well, there you go. See? Doesn't get him I would, oh, my God. Like, I, I think my concern is I don't know if Kaliev can keep up with those guys. Like yeah. he's he, he, physically. No, like speed wise. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. I, yeah, I think that that's that's my concern. I mean, he he's just he's a lumbering skater. He's not that yeah. quick. Um, lumbering is a good term. <laughs> you know, I, I I like him. I but I like the idea. I, gosh, yes, get whatever. He's, I'm for it. Get, get, get Kaliev off the fourth line. He, okay, see Kaliev for so long. Kaliev is sneaky. He's got a sneaky speed to him. Like. You don't realize, because you're right, he is lumbering, but I, I feel like he's got a little bit of that 
that Milan Lucic, Dustin Penner-esque vibe to him, where he's a freight train. Once he gets going, you can't stop him. It takes a while to get him up to speed, but, you know, once he's there, like, watch out. You know, I kind of like that because he, something I've seen from him is he does a great job with playing the puck off the boards in the defensive zone to clear it and getting the puck up ahead to Lizotte and Lemieux. And if you just ask, you know, put him in that same exact role with Deneau and Arvidsson, and then he gets to just come up as the third man in on the play in the offensive zone, man, he could score a lot of goals that way. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. You've just get, him get him minutes. Yes. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> I, I don't care who wins. Just <laughs> off the fourth line. I, I know that Jared Stoll said that um, Lemieux and Lazat are really good for Kaliev because they are nonstop talkers. But I feel like Kaliev could probably adapt by learning how to play with better players like Deneau and Arvidsson. Guys who are. I mean, I don't think Kaliev had any problem playing up World Juniors with Turcotte. Yeah. Did I yeah. talk over you there, Ryan? I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like, has anything really come out of Lemieux's mouth that has probably been intelligent? But... <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna listen to this probably and just like drive to my house and beat the shit out of me and, and <laughs> uh, man. well yeah, it, yeah, i'm sure he'll pause this episode for the call from george peros um <laughs> no like i i mean i like the idea of like of that i, I would love to see an all kids line give me turcot byfield and kaliev Make that a thing on the third line. I think it would be really interesting if you had a fourth line of like Turcotte and Ferk and um, Kotchev. Because they've all played together in Ontario. I had no issues oh. with Kotchev in the early days when he was up, but I, I'm not the coach. He must have seen, or Todd McClellan clearly saw something that I did not. Um, so, you know, there's that. But I'm like, I what why is Turk why is Turk why is Firk not up because in the call-ups that Firk has gotten he has done nothing but play exceptionally well I have had no issues with him at the NHL when he's been up so what's yeah. the deal why do we need Lemieux over Firk I don't no. Oh my gosh. I'm just, I'm looking at Chaikev's stats and he's got 19 points in 19 ga games at Ontario. And man, like, he's such a fun passer on the wing. And like, it, it, he reminds me so much of a guy like Jonathan Drouin when he doesn't have to play center. Like just being really creative on the wing, on the boards, change of direction, kind of slippery. Uh, oh my gosh. Put him on that second line with Deneau and Arvidsson. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. The passes get even crazier. Put Firk <laughs> up with Kopitar. Just let Kopitar have two shooters or one shooter and one guy who can shoot pretty well and will get to the front of the net. Like I've, uh, I've never had uh, any issues with having Aya follow on Kopitar's wing because Aya follow never. has done what Kopitar's wingers have never been able to do to this point, which is retrieve the puck for Kopitar. Yes. Oh, yeah, he's great at that. And I mean, he, again, like my point earlier, Ayafalo has his tools and he keeps adding a new tool every year. 
and keeps just building on that game. And it's it's so much fun to watch him. Yeah. Uh, All righty. (laughs) Sorry. Ever since his rookie season, I've always loved Aya Follow. (laughs) (laughs) What is the one thing you want to see from the Kings uh, within the next week that you think gets them into the playoffs? Trust by field. Give him, <laughs> give him minutes. Get him on the power play. He's got the tools. The third line's been a black hole this entire season, and it's a small sample, sure, but it looks like it's like, oh my god, there might be an answer finally. But they got a plan. Just play by field. Love it. Yeah, mine's similar. Mine's trust your kids because you know I don't know what happened to to Kelly. Probably playing with Lazat and Lemieux is probably what happened to him. But you know I haven't seen any issues really. I mean I know Kupari has had a few troubles here and there, but really I don't have that many complaints about Kupari and Turcotte and Kaliev and just. Trust your kids. Give them the the growing pains you expect for them, but give them the opportunity to have those growing pains. You gotta play them. Yeah, play the kids, Todd. Don't be such a Todd. I'm sorry. Uh, I love it. Um, I will end with something we didn't bring up, um, but get someone to replace Trent Yanni uh, yeah. as the special teams coach because the special oh. team. God. They're not good this year. No. And they were they were the best part of their game last year. And I I don't know what has happened. Total one eight. But yep. yeah. But they practice um, it. <laughs> it's like glaringly obvious problems too. That it, it's remarkable how bad it looks. Yeah. No, it, it, it's it's not good. And and Trent Yanni has had success throughout his career. This year is kind of the anomaly, but I don't know what Oh man, I don't know what what the fix is because it it doesn't seem yeah. like it has come from from internally. You know, it, what? It, I mean, we've had all year to figure it out. Issues. You cannot be giving up cross eyes passes like that on the power play <laughs> that regularly. That is obscene. You know, it's, yep. it's funny because Jim Fox kind of hinted at what their issue with the power play is. He's like, you cannot try to pass the puck uh, into the net on the power play against the Rangers. And I'm like, okay, but if you take out against the Rangers, you cannot pass the puck into the net on the power play, period. But Jim Fox is, he's never going to be overly critical of the team. He's very balanced in how he views the team. And I appreciate that. He's enthusiastic and measured at the same time. We which, are enthusiastic, great. but not measured. <laughs> no. no. We're all unhinged. Thank goodness. Entirely. Um, Thank God no. the five people who listen to us actually like what we say. Oh, well, at least. Hey, to those five people, please rate, subscribe wherever you're listening to us. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. This has been James Nicholson with my co-host Robin P. And a special thanks to the not dead, triumphantly returning Ryan Dunn. This has been Crown Conversations. I don't know how to end this one. So just everyone go pet your dog. Thanks for listening, Mom. (laughs) Thanks.